Welcome to a two-part series of Livewire entitled Messiahship, How to Recruit. Now, when we talk about recruitment, quite often people tend to box that into recruiting for a team to do with work. But actually, the skill of recruiting people is important for life and all different areas of life as well. For instance, when you um, propose marriage to someone, in some ways you're recruiting them to spend a life with you and adopt the same adventure as you. When you um, a parent and children, it's important because you're asking them really to adopt your values and your principles. So the skill of recruitment actually uh, is thread all the way through your life. And the more successful you are at recruitment, uh, the more successful really you're going to be in life. So for me, um, what I found is that in my own personal life, um, recruitment can bring a lot of um, success and influence and help me um, really uh, just do better in my life and encourage people uh, to come alongside me and to help me in all that I do and share the burden if you like and make everything I do more effective. Uh, one of the ways I like to explain this is, is through this little uh, diagram. So I started in 1987 as a uh, sorry 1988 as a schools worker and if you said I was fairly good let's say a seven out of 10, I was able to um, uh, reach about 10,000 students and integrate less than 10 low into local churches. And at some point I realized, what if I started to recruit people and disciple people? And so I started to focus on that. And now if you can imagine I'm a seven out of 10 at recruiting people, suddenly we've been able to reach over the last 25 years, millions of young people and integrate thousands and then every time I do get better at what I do, I also increase the capacity of everybody else that I've recruited as well. But even understanding that has led me to realize just in the recent few weeks that actually I've been boxing uh, my idea of recruitment in. And even though my vision is to make missionaries, particularly of young people, um, actually I've been concentrating on recruiting the apprentices to do that and the staff to do that. And so, um, at the time of the recording of this video, we're in the process of launching the Pays Youth Academy. And the Youth Academy will be to recruit tens of thousands of young people to be part of Pays. I'm fed up, for instance, of young people emailing me saying, I can't wait till I'm 18 and I can join Pays. And I'm thinking, why can't you join Pays right now? Because I want these young people who absolutely love uh, the idea of seeking first the kingdom of God to feel part of our movement. So we're going to launch uh, something over the next few weeks um, where we uh, really hope to recruit thousands of young people and help them feel part of the movement. So I say that because I think even I've boxed in what recruitment is for, boxed it into a certain type of people or for a certain compartment in my life. But actually, we're recruiting constantly in our lives. Now, of course, we sometimes need to ask the question, who do we want to recruit? Uh, there's an old phrase, which is, uh, amateurs built the ark and professionals built the Titanic. Uh, the original root for the word amateur means someone who does something out of love. And I think for most of us, whether we're paying the people we recruit or not, we want them to do it not out of obligation, but out of love. And that can be difficult. Uh, I work with uh, young adults and uh, in a non-profit uh, capacity. 
John Maxwell, who's a leadership guru, says two of the hardest people to lead and recruit are volunteers and young adults. So I understand the importance of this. Just listen to what John Maxwell actually says about this. If you're a business person and you really want to find out if your people are capable of leading, send them out to volunteer in the community. If they can get people to follow them while they're serving the Red Cross, a United Way shelter or their local church, then you know that they really do have influence and leadership. So with people who do this out of love, the kind of people you want to recruit, cash, trophies, status, the normal things don't really motivate them. So what does? How do we recruit people when we don't have cash to offer them? Well, we recruit by giving away our vision and giving ourselves away as well. And that's what we're gonna look at at this series and during this series. So let's look at our first workshop. Please read the following episode from my book, Kingdom Pioneering, and ask yourself the following questions. Which of the two benefits of definition do I most need right now? How would the benefit impact my ability to recruit people? And then if you're in a group, please discuss your answers. Okay, so let's look at recruitments and think about you. Um, you are hugely important when it comes to the kingdom of God. My personal belief is that Jesus did not come simply to rescue us, he came to recruit us. He needed to rescue us along the way, but he recruited us for his kingdom purposes on earth. And every one of us who know him are involved in that recruitment process of others. So just to think about that a little bit and give you uh, just something to partly smile at and also just prompt your thinking, let me show you uh, a little video. I think there are two things that are really clear in that video. First of all, the little boy's mother was definitely away somewhere doing something else and this father being left alone with him. And secondly, uh, we discover how big an influence we can be on others. You know, the father there got his son to do something. It was kind of ridiculous, but uh, it shows the kind of influence and impact we have on others. And so as we're recruiting people, we have to understand that whether they really want to follow us depends so much on how we present what we're asking them to do and then how we lead them. So let me show you some um, statistics I found really important and really interesting. In this chat, people were asked for the reasons they dropped out of volunteering. So I'm gonna show you a chat that details why volunteers drop out. 3% said it was because of no thanks. 14% said because their tasks were not clearly defined. 17% said the leader did not make good use of their time. And 24% said they did not make good use of their skills. 26% said the pro program was poorly managed. 33% said that they lost interest in the wider organization. And 75% summarized a lot of this by saying they just had a lack of time. So there's seven reasons uh, to different degrees of why people dropped out. Um, obviously, some people had more than one of them that they shared. It's interesting that no thanks was only 3%. So much of it came down to their time and the use of their time. So let's think about this as we go into our second workshop. 
So I'd like you to discuss, does anything surprise you about this chat? And if so, why? What questions arise from this data? And how might this information help you recruit others towards a vision? So in my mind, uh, people have very little time and it's up to us to really explain vision in a way they're gonna understand the significance that they can have uh, with the amount of time that they have. So um, in the next episode, we're going to look at the different ways Jesus did that and intuitive ideas he had to recruit people. We're going to look at tips to recruit people. For now, I just simply want to look at how we present a vision. So uh, many years ago, I was with a great organization that went away for a weekend to discuss the new vision. And I was excited to find out what, what part I could play in this new vision. But actually, the weekend didn't go as well as I think many people expected, including the leader. And um, I never really figured out why until afterwards. So at that weekend, the vision was shared with three words. Let's call them go, grow and gather. And by the end of the weekend, some of us, I think, including the leader, were kind of frustrated that there wasn't really a sense of excitement about this new vision. And it was only afterwards why I realized why that was. So as you take a look at this map, I want to explain that to you. So when I learned to drive, I was told to remember mirror signal maneuver. These three words were drummed into me. Uh, remember your mirror, remember to signal clearly, and remember to make bold simple maneuvers. It was great. I learned how to drive. Now, once a year, my family and I usually drive from Dallas to California. So let's imagine I was driving up to your home and asking you to come with us. In fact, even to drive us to California. So imagine I drive up to your door and open the car door. You get in the driver's seat and I say, come on, let's go. And you say, okay, well, where are we going? And I say to you, oh, mirror signal maneuver. And you say, okay, yes, great. I remember my mirror. I'm going to remember to signal and maneuver, but where are we going? And then I look at you and go, well, I've just told you, mirror signal maneuver. And you're, yeah, but where are we actually going? Vision is not the process. Vision is where we're going to. In reality, I would probably drive up to your door, you'd get in and I'd say, hey, uh, are you excited? You'd say, yeah, where are we going? And I would say, we're going to California. Now just imagine what it's gonna be like in California. The sand is beautiful, it's always perfect weather. There's waves, you can surf. I've surfed with dolphins in California. Would you like to surf with dolphins in California? Come and surf with the dolphins in California with me. Now, along the way, we're going to get out of Texas. We're going to feel like we're going for hours and hours and nothing's changing. And then we're going to go through real heat in New Mexico. It's going to be hot. We're going to get to Arizona. We're going to go through some mountains and we're going to have some ups and downs. So there's going to be heat. You're going to feel like you're not getting anywhere for a while. There's going to be all these ups and downs. But at some point, you're going to see the sea. And it is beautiful. You'll see your sailboats. You'll see the waves. It's absolutely gorgeous. Do you want to come with me and swim and sail and scuba dive with the dolphins? Come with me. That's the difference in sharing vision. You can share process, go, grow, gather, or you can actually share the end results.
And what Jesus did, as you're going to see in our next episode, is the latter. He shared vision. He painted a picture of where we're going. And for many of us, we need to put that into some kind of simple statements. So for us on Pays, we say we make missionaries. That's what we do. It's our motto. We're missionary makers. Our vision is that every Christian's primary mission will be to advance the kingdom of God and be equipped to do it the way Jesus modelled it. And that's what we're excited about. But there are four words that you'll see in this book, Bill Hybel's Purpose Driven Church, that can really help you. The first is biblical. Is your mission statement, is your vision biblical? Is it specific? Sometimes we put too many different things into our vision statement. Is it transferable? In other words, once you've told someone, can they tell someone else very simply? And is it measurable? Can it be measured? So some vision statements are too broad. They're too kind of flaky. They're in the air. You never know if you're actually achieving it or not. And you're not always sure if it's really biblical. So these four words, biblical, specific, transferable, and measurable, as suggested by Bill Hybels as a great way to define what your mission statement needs to be. And I would encourage you to think that through and um, practice that. So for a final workshop, we're going to do that, especially if we're part of a group. If you're not part of a group and you're just listening to this on podcasts or watching it, can I encourage you to simply um, write out a vision statement and figure out if it's those four things. Make it biblical, make it specific, uh, make it measurable and make it um, something that's transferable. If you are in a group, what I'd love you to do is once you've done that, um, get up for three minutes each and share your vision statements or, or even just um, share the actual statement itself and get everybody else to mark you out of four, whether it is biblical, specific, and measurable, or transferable. And as we think about recruitment uh, next time, and we're going through the actual details of how to recruit people, hopefully this basic idea of what you're recruiting people to will be uh, a catalyst and not an obstacle. Thanks for listening. We're going to get very practical uh, in the next episode. And like I say, recruitment is not just for a team, it's for life. Speak to you soon. Bye.